The following podcast is a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be sent to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. Are you talking shift? We are. It's time for the We're Talking Shift podcast. Now, now, now. Here to talk shift are your hosts, Lori Bischoff and Candace Parisi. We're talking shift. full circle thing is happening again, which, you know, there's several full circles. It's like a figure eight of life. It keeps going and going and going. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going back, I'm going back to nursing school now, ah. in, um, getting, getting, getting ready to take my state exam. So, I mean, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's again, I started, that's where I started. Yes. Look where I, another, another full circle. So it's beautiful. So I try to help people saying, look, let's look at a few beginnings. You know, and let's find out where these full circles could go because it really helps a person keep in perspective and patterns in their life and whatever. But and it has for me. And and so through yep. this time, not know not knowing the unknown, um, you know, I I've um, I put myself through pet grooming school, became a master groomer for show dogs, opened up my own brick and mortar, been a grooming a groomer for a long time, still do. You know I, what? I did not even know that. How did I not know that what? about you? How did I not? I don't know how that got yes, by me. You did. Seriously? Yes, that's like the biggest thing of me. I'm the groomer. Really? That's how did I not? Me. What the hell? Okay. All right. Well. Oh, so, so what? Oh, what? I don't. So I don't. I just don't. Okay. I don't even know. I, clearly, I've been living under a rock because I did no, not know that. It's not like, no, it's not like <laughs> we talk entirely every day, so you wouldn't know. So anyway. So yeah, I'm the biggest freaking animal advocate thingy. So right yeah. now I'm grooming. So I put a big thing out there on Facebook and I put, um, uh, the name of my business is called cool cats and hot dogs. And oh, so, I oh, next to you? so when I had my brick, Lord, Lord, when I had my brick and mortar, man, it was so cute. Of course, you know, I don't, I think you know me, but anyways, the brick and mortar was like, of course, everything was like had everything it was to the t it was so freaking cute so when you walked in and to the left was um the doggy bakery it was an organic doggy bakery we had birthday cakes and cookies and everything you could imagine of every nfl team and it was the best parties and then we had doggy birthday parties then we had our grooming salon and it was it is just so much wow. fun. Anyway, right now I just put something out there and said I was grooming for people for two weeks for free for the people that are in need that want their animals groomed for the holidays that can't ah. afford it. So that's what oh, I'm doing now. That's so cool. It's a lot of, let me tell you, that's where I get my serenity. That's where mm-hmm. I have my meditation is around excuse me, is around animals. And I used to raise um wolves back in the day about eighteen years. Mm-hmm. And I was I was determining on do I take a wolf? Do I take a do I take a mastiff? Because I always wanted mastiffs. I was in love with mastiffs. 
And I was like, well, that's kind of a weird, different, kind of a, you know, flex decision, like, you know, which one? So I ended up with a wolf hybrid for some reason, and I did. So I took the two wolf hybrids. They ended up having puppies. I had them fixed uh, right away. And then um, three of my friends took the puppies. And then I got my, you have to take enough hours to get uh, licensed or certified to have wolves, let's say. Yeah, because not so, anybody can just go, okay, I think I'll raise wolves now, right? It's not well, a like... Lot of people thought, a, a lot of people thought they could raise wolves, so that's why I got a lot of rescues. So I started taking in rescues, Laura, and oh. I had about 18 wolves. Like, it was crazy. And wow. so the, wow. the last one just passed away a couple years ago, so I'm done with that. But okay. um, so No I desire that, to go back and, to that? You, um, well, you never know. I mean, the husband just retired from the army after 30 years. We're going to yeah. still in Florida. We're going to sell our house in Texas. And who knows what we're going to do? I know for okay. sure that we're going to jump in our toy hauler, put our Harleys in back, and we're going to travel for a couple of months before you find a job. So nice. absolutely. Nice. Yeah. So anyway, um, so that, and then, you know, I really, my life was changing back then. And I thought, you know, I need to find some calmness in my life. I'm so so all of a sudden I just jumped right in and went rogue went you know I'm you know <laughs> big at you know working out doing all this became a personal trainer as well and I'm like okay so I'm just like I looked it up and I'm like okay Sh- Shivananda yoga retreat uh, go live on okay so I went and lived on an island lived in a tent <laughs> for like well- eight weeks well, and, what's and, the island? Yes, yes, what? I became a yogi. <laughs> oh, my God, you are full of surprises. What island? Where was this? This is, okay, so it's um, Shivananda. Oh. And um, Shivananda Yoga, and they are, they're in India, and they have a school in the Bahamas. And huh. it's this island off of there in the middle, just an island, and they have their retreat. And you live in tents, and then let me tell you, it was butt ass hot. And <laughs> but mm. I stuck it out. We got up at five a.m. We chanted, we meditated for two hours first, and we started our day, and then went through all the practices. Um, everything was vegan, plant based, um, ah. yeah. and yeah, and it was the best transition of my life. Again, I have so many best. That's uh, that's a <laughs> that big was one. really cool. I would love that to do really that sometime. How long ago did you oh, do that, Lori? You need to. It was five years ago, four years ago. Okay. Yeah, I, I would highly. I'll go there. Yeah, I mean, I'll okay. I'll hit you on the internet and I'll send you okay. the info. But okay, I, and then um, when you go, I can go anytime, and you do your thing, and I'll go there for a week or a weekend. People can go there, check it out, spend the weekend. You can do that too, just to check it out, Laura. It's great. Ah, good. Um, okay, good to know. Yeah, you will love it. Anyway, so um, and then that, and then from uh, yes, yeah, so and we then from that, I landed into public speaking. And so my first introduction into the big transition of that was like uh, when I totally was in a driver's meeting for Monster Trucks and I kept getting texts and said, hey, call me, call me. Hey, this is so-and-so from WWE. I'm like, oh, God, what fans got my number? Who did yeah. this? I just you know. So finally, I text back. I said, you know, uh, who is this? Oh, this is so-and-so from WWE. I'm like, well, what do you need? Do you just 
do you need my new address because of taxes or what do you need? And then the whole thing went into, well, no, hi, we're calling to see if you want to be in the Hall of Fame or you're available. And I'm like, what? And so, mm-hmm. so again, full circle. Right. And yeah, and I thought, okay, all right, I'm engaging with them again. I was scared, just shitless and thinking no one's going to accept me. I was still thinking old school right. and because I wasn't around it. When I left, I left. I never did one personal appearance when I left in 2001. I never did anything for all of them years. And I was like, how are they going to accept me? This is horrible. Why am I doing this? Why do I accept it? I shouldn't do it. I don't belong there. You know, blah, 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 blah. Fast forward, I got there. I never walked into an organization, which totally changed from when I was there, with the women were so accepting. Mm -hmm. And uh, Natty was the most adorable woman that embraced me with just open arms. And if it wasn't for her introduction to my Hall of Fame speech, I wouldn't have been able to do what I did. However, going into this new part right now and becoming this woman and 55 and feeling comfortable Mm -hmm. is I'm, 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 I'm transitioning into, into speaking and I'm turning my personal appearances into a motivational speaking instead of me going signing autographs starting this year, the new year is that I position, I'm positioning myself to have a 15-minute, 20-minute platform and talk about my transitional life and who oh, I am. And amazing. Yes. Yes. And, and so what, what, how that happened is when I was asked to um, come back into, you know, for the Hall of Fame, and I had to deliver that speech, Lord, I had never been so nervous in my life. Really? And only because, yeah, I was so, oh my God, are you kidding me? I was so nervous. I put a big pile of tissues in my sleeve. If you watch it, speech, you know, I don't know if you, if you haven't seen it, but there's a big vile pile of tissue in my sleeve. So if I started, if I just started losing it or whatever, I was going to pull it out and start wiping all my tears. <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah. But um, that was the beginning of where I knew. I could, I could speak, I could project, I could, I can speak well when I need to, I could, you know, I have a story, everybody has a story, I don't care who you are, and everybody wants to hear the stories, especially that's what's happening, that's what the world is, I never could accept all of this new social media, like, I'm not doing that, I can't put myself out there, that's too, you know, I can't, you know, that's too, that's nobody's business, and da-da-da, well, today, if you're going to be whatever you're going to be, it mm-hmm. is called social media, and people want to know. However, I still have that little thin line where I think a few things is personal, and I will keep that to my best, sure. um, or whatever those are to me. Mm-hmm. But I have learned and accepted within this last year, I need to start putting yourself out there. People want to know. People want to see. People want to hear. So that's what a better way to do it with public speaking. So that's where I'm gearing up. So yeah, um, yeah. I've done a couple. I've done a couple since then. And what really, what really um, finalized it was when I was asked to do the first ever um, w- uh, women's um, uh, speaking forum for WWE. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my God, we're talking about women from all over. I mean, just it was one of the most engaging, inspiring 
movements I ever did, and it just validated my next rogue situation in life. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's, you know, really, I, I see it. I see your whole full circle, um, metaphor there. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. You have so much stuff going on. It's amazing. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Lord. There's some great stuff. So I'm just going to give you one little more and one little more to make sense. If not, we're going to make it make sense. Okay. That, that, um, so with that being done, the last four years, I, well, the last 25 years, I've been writing my biography. That's, that's going to come out very soon. And however, um, for the last year and a half, I've been writing a children's book. Well, it is finally finished and it's a three part series and it is a full circle into my monster truck business, and um, it's educational. It's for kids, and I'm so excited and so happy. That and, is so cool. Uh, it'll, yeah, more. You're gonna love it. It's so cute because I can't wait because I know your kids are gonna be having kids, and this is gonna be perfect. <laughs> awesome. Someday, Sign me maybe. Up. Someday. 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 Maybe some. But anyway, so yeah, so my first children's book should be coming out this year. That's awesome. Well, we totally are going to have to talk about that once it hits the shelves, for sure. Yes. I'm excited. I'm excited. I think that's amazing. Um, so let me ask you this, just to circle back around, I, I wanted to just explore a little bit more. When you were talking about you know the the pets and raising wolves and all that good stuff. Now, do you still have though the brick and mortar pet grooming business that's still ongoing? I oh, I closed the uh, brick and mortar because okay. my husband and I my husband and I were transferred to Germany for the military. Right. And so I kept it open and we went to Germany and I kept. I mean, I tried to run it from Germany and let me tell you, I uh, just. It, it doesn't run. If, mm-hmm. when, if you own a brick and mortar and it's your business, yeah. you need to be there. You need to be right. there, period. Yeah. And if you're not there, I mean, customer service to me is number one. And customer service was walking out the door uh, as well as money. And I just, I couldn't have it. So I just said, hey, you guys got three months, we're closing. And so I just closed it. I kept the name. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just, yeah, I do it. I do it out of my house. So what I did is I turned it around and I made some business cards. And so when I went over to Germany, I made these business cards. They're so cute. And it says grooming for the military. So <laughs> I kind of did my diligence and I went over and when I went over there, I saw that it was so expensive. Like I have the toy poodle Daisy. Now I have a new dog, Daisy. She's eight months. And to have a toy poodle groomed, it was like $75. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? In Germany, I'm like, these military families can't afford this. I know I'm a military family. We we don't get paid shit. You know? Yeah. yeah. I get it. So so I said, uh-uh, no. And so I made these <laughs> cards and I said, I'm going to grooming for the military. Um, um, donations accepted. And that's all uh-huh. I did. I got hundreds and hundreds of calls, and what they would do is they would bring me their pet to my house. I would groom them, 
And then they would tip me. I just said donations, tipping allowed, whatever. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't charge them because in Germany, to have a business and do all of that, oh, my God, it's so much red tape. No way it could have ever happened. So I said, sure. I'll get around that. I know how to do that. I used to be a wrestler. I know how to swerve. Hey, right. hold on. Hold on. So they would come in. I'd groom their dogs, their cats, whatever. I mean, they'd be happy. They'd be, you know, they'd be shoving me 40 bucks. I was making more money there than I was in the States. Just as nice. So I was like, oh, my God. So so what I do is I basically do that. I'm just kind of very selective at the house here now just to keep my skills up. Because, and plus, I love animals. And um, I'll groom people's, you know, animals here. I won't charge anything, and they just tip me. I don't care. Whatever. That's awesome. I love that. And I think that that is such a good idea. I was doing that, uh, not that, but I did a, a similar concept um, when I still had my office in Cave Creek, Arizona, where I would yeah. have um, spiritual salons, I call them, which is basically a, you know, a, a gathering to, you know, pick it, I'd pick a topic and then I would host a gathering of um of guests that wanted to just explore and talk about that. And I just, I didn't charge. I just put, you know, donations accepted and whatever, you know, people wanted to, to donate was awesome. Um, because I didn't want to have anyone not be able to participate in something that they were interested in or that was important to them because maybe they couldn't afford a fee. And, uh, and again, then you also eliminate all the other stuff that goes along with, um, you know, charging. Obviously, it's different here than it was over there. But I like the donations accepted thing. I think mm -hmm. I think that I think that that works well for a lot of you know different types of endeavors and initiatives. You know, I, I'm glad you said that too because I'm going to say something here that I know that you do or have done. You know, on the life coaching on a heavy, and you really dove into it. That was one of your rogue moments when you had the brick and mortar, and I thought, God, get it, girl. You know, that's freaking, I mean, it's hard. It's, and the reason why I'm saying this is that y'all out there listening, I'm just, I'm sticking up for Laura because I know I'm there, but I, I'm doing it in a different approach. I, I don't, I didn't want to open up brick and mortar just because of the ramifications and how people value it when they know that it's very valuable, but they don't put it on one of their budget things that they think they need. However, it's, is a part of our life. Life coaching is, well, you know, as well as I do what it means and what it is. However, mm -hmm. to the people is we turn to our friends to pick up the phone to complain about or talk about or tell the stories and we want feedback from them. But then we get angry because we're not hearing what we, you know, uh, what we want to hear or they're telling us what we want to hear basically. And mm -hmm. it's not the same thing. Uh, Life coaching yeah. is that is it's that step above that where it it's not a therapy. It's it's, right. it's a directional it's a directional pivotal transitional situation mm -hmm. that it helps mm -hmm. you or educates you to choose the right direction, I guess. It's you mm -hmm. making the choice, not us telling you what to do. And it's so valuable. It's so valuable because I, myself having one, I don't know how I would have made it through a lot of things, Laura. You know, I mm -hmm. just, I don't, it's not like I need a psychologist. I'm, I'm, I don't want to be medicated. It's not that, not that there's something, you know, cognitively yeah. wrong with me. It's like, oh my God, you're not judged at all. 
You know what right. I mean? And you, you are, you're, you're held accountable. And that's yes. where I think half of our world is not accountable anymore for shit. <laughs> no, it's true. And it's easy to, it's easier now than it ever has been in history to not be accountable because you can anonymously, you know, put crap out all over the internet, Ooh, amen, and, sister, yeah. mm-hmm. y- you know, and, uh, and you can hide. So you don't have to live up to anything. You don't have to answer to anybody. You don't have to prove anything. You know, you don't have to be credible. You don't have to do anything and you can just spew whatever you want. So I agree. I think accountability. You and I, you and I should do a course for free on that someday. We'll talk. We'll talk. (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll talk for Um, sure. But let's go back to real quick here because I got to go tap a kidney. Um, Let's let's (laughs) reverse this over to um, when we went back into the yoga and over to the plant base. You wanted to ask me something. Oh, yeah, yeah. So let's do that. Let's move into our uh, let's move into our dear shift doctor segment because I think that you're going to have some um, you know some good tips to weigh in on on this. So we have um, somebody that wrote to us, and I'm just going to read it here. It says, "Dear shift doctors, I'd like your thoughts." on the plant-based diet. My personal physician recommended it because I'm battling a lot of pain and inflammation. I'm not a Mm. huge meat eater, but I do enjoy cheeses and yogurt now and then. So I'm curious how to head into it. And that's from Lonnie in Sacramento, California. So... Yeah, so she basically wants some tips on heading into a plant-based diet. What are your, huh, do you have well, some thoughts around that? Yeah, I do. I got a little bit here. I know mm-hmm. when I uh, when I went into the whole uh, yogi segment that, uh, you know, they said it was vegan meals. And I'm like, okay, I can try that. But boy, let me tell you, if you don't gradually go into that, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like um, and I mean this respectfully, but it's like an alcoholic or a drug addict or a porn addict or something. When you take something directly away from them and they're cut off, I mean, you go into withdrawals. And I mean, serious. So, mm-hmm. so Lonnie, if you're if you're serious about this, I mean, I hopefully um, there's just like there. What's the base is like fruits, vegetables, whole grains, stuff like yeah. that, right? And it, yeah, and, and, and it, it excludes. Or it minimizes, I mean, some of the stuff like from chicken and fish. So um, I think the best bet is make it, you need to go at it. Yeah, one step at well, a time. You know, so, yeah, and maybe you might want to, because what they did there is a lot of beans and burrito stuff, you know, like rice. So they, you might want to start with eating more of your plant-based meals, kind of like a, like a bean and rice concoction thingy burritos are good um um if you yeah. love like uh you know what i mean so yeah you, just, yeah. you need to start slow and eliminate slow and you'll 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 get there and then you want to educate yourself and start it's kind of like our whole podcast we were talking about my dear it's like you you start surround it's your environment you you, you tell your friends and everybody that you're doing it and let them know what you're doing. They're, you're going to get feedback, but okay, just 
shuffle out the bullshit and mm-hmm. keep around the positive. Um, you need to make plans. You definitely need to make a meal plan. So you need to commit yourself, tell your friends, make a meal plan, and then you start then you start eating. And you just yeah. do everything is accountability, really. If this is what you yeah. want to do, make it fun. Don't make it such like a regiment, like a damn military thing because Dang, that's the right. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Your food should never be. Here's the things that I I don't believe. First of all, I don't believe in diets. Number one, and I don't believe, and I and I don't believe in ever having to do math to eat. So. I don't count calories. <laughs> I don't take out calculators. There's there's no adding, subtracting, multiplying. I don't. I do just do not believe that anybody should have to do math in order to decide or determine what they're going to eat or how much they're going to eat. I just it's not have my deal. Have you ever tried it, Laura? Have you ever tried it? Doing math while I eat to eat. No. What you, tried what? Tried this going vegan. Going vegan. Um. No, no, I don't. Um, I mean, here's the way I look at it. Um, our diet, first of all, uh, I would rephrase this, and I'm not sure exactly what um, Lonnie means when she says a plant-based diet. So that doesn't necessarily mean going vegan. It might just mean plant-strong. Um, but, you know, so mm-hmm. so... You know, I'm not exactly sure if your physician, Lonnie, recommended that you completely go vegan because that's one extreme. And it's great if you love it, if it works for you, if you want to do that. I think that's awesome. I mean, sometimes very extremes work for some people, but extremes don't usually work for most people. Most people can't sustain any kind of an extreme diet, you know, unless you like, you know, have an allergy and your throat's going to close up and you're going to die. That's one set of circumstances. So you're going to be able to do something that most people can't do, which is abstain from whatever food, you know, is that causes uh, you to keel over. But Well, that's why uh, I say, that's why I say, make it a challenge. So if you put yourself on a seven-day challenge, that's why it's important to make, like, a public commitment. Like, you choose friends. Choose a Facebook community to keep you all on track. Choose exactly what, what, which direction you're going, if it's a vegan, if it's just plant-based, if it's a little bit of this, and, and just try it. I mean, it, you can omit whatever you want, but it has to be gracefully done because you yeah. will go into shock, especially sugar, and you got to watch that. That's Oh, yeah. And if you're, yeah, and I agree, the environment is really important. So setting up, that means setting up your kitchen and cleaning out your pantry with stuff that, you know, you want to start avoiding. And then mm. the environment is the people you surround yourself with. So, you know, a lot of times people are afraid that they're going to get pushback from their friends or family and they're not going to be supported. So I always, um, <laughs> invite my, you know, my, my clients to when they're going to start on something like this to, to lay out what you're going to do to those people that are probably going to be chiming in, whether you invite it or not. And right off the bat, ask them, let them know what you're doing, why you're doing it, and then ask them to please help you ask them to be on your team and support you, you know, and help hold you accountable so that they already know 
what their position should be and they're on board with you and on your team rather than that person over there going, oh no, you can just have a little bit of this. You know what I mean? If you set it up that way from the beginning, I think that you're much more likely to have the, the kind of port that you need in your corner. And uh, I think that's really important. But I, I also think that because you are battling a lot of pain and inflammation, Lonnie, I think uh, yeah. there's some I think trying to eliminate what the usual culprits are when it comes to food is, is important. Go, you know, it's going plant strong. It sounds like it's going to be relatively easy for you because you said you're not a huge meat eater anyway. So it's not going to, it's not like you're eating meat three times a day and now you're going to have to do something that's an extreme change for you. Um, but you know, incremental steps like Deborah was talking about, and, you know, doing one thing at a time, but I think, um, really trying hard to eliminate as much as you can to see how it affects you, dairy and, um, and gluten or wheat and sugar, because those three things, um, really are the culprit when it comes to inflammation for a lot of people. So I would try eliminating that as quickly and as much as you can to see if there's an effect there. You might have some intolerances to those things that you're not aware of. This is true and true. And if she's going to start something like this, don't forget to always consult your physician first because you don't know. We don't know if she's diabetic. We don't know if she's, you know, allergic to things or, you know, what yeah. kind of different things need to you know we don't know if she's on medication that has a lot to do with inflammation I mean uh, I'm uh this is just me that you know I just when I went through my total knee replacement a year and a half ago that I mean it changed my life so mm -hmm. uh, third day third day out of surgery I stopped taking I stopped taking everything and the doctor told mm -hmm. me I was crazy that I would pay for it but it was the best thing I did because, I mean, it was it was horrible. I was so inflamed. I was My muscles were so sore because my body wasn't used to all that crap that mm -hmm. I, I knew I'm so in, Well, that's just me and probably you. I'm very in tune with my body. So I don't know when I eat something and the next day I, I'm so sore I can't move or bend my knuckles. I'm like, did I just have a whole crust of pizza or what the hell was that? You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Here's, an, here's yeah. an example, Lonnie. Here's an example, Lonnie. So for like... For, so for like breakfast, you can have like a steel cut, a steel cut oatmeal um, with some bananas and walnuts and rice milk. You might want to try the rice milk. Um, it, it could be a little bit more fattening, but it depends on your um, activity throughout the day. But rice milk is really good. Um, lunch, go for like a whole grain type of pasta. Now they have like the quinoa pastas. They have all sorts of different pastas, which would be better than, you know, a lot of gluten crap. Um, and then they have like these um, veggie sausages. Um, I know when I go to the uh, supermarket, there's all sorts of of meat replacements that are so freaking good. And me, I'm a, I mean, um, as uh, as I'm um, sun dried tomatoes are amazing, and, and a broccoli salad. And then for di uh, dinner, I mean, you, I mean, gosh, you can just turn it around to whatever you want. I mean, you know, yeah. beans, yeah. potatoes, you know, yeah, so, yeah, it's just, it's amazing uh, how you can think about things and what it could, you could really do to fill yourself up. Um, uh, well, and I don't, I don't think know. you I can, just, you, you can't really OD on vegetables and a plant-based diet, it, you know, mm -hmm. is obviously predominantly 
going to be from plants. And if you think about it, your best um, your best sources of those are going to be, you know, your vegetables. And nobody, I, I, I mean, I've never read uh, an article or heard of anybody ever having adverse effects like to a serious medical seriousness degree or for sure ever ODing on plants. So you, it's kind of like you really can't eat too much, you know, too many salads. <laughs> so, so I just no, wouldn't be afraid. Yeah. And if your physician's already told you, if you're, if, if your physician's the one that recommended a plant-based diet, you know, and you're, and you're good with it, you're enthusiastic about it, just dive Maybe in. Maybe that's when you go rogue. <laughs> just there you go. Go rogue, Lonnie. Go plants. Go plants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me tell you Go something. Wrong. Let me let me tell you something real quick. You know, we uh, we do eat um meat um not not a not a ton though. Um and it's usually clean. We are hunters, so we usually have pretty clean organic, you know, meat in our freezer. But we Eric and I both have had a plant strong diet for many years and one of the last visits now, now you guys, my husband is, um, he's over 60. He, um, he had the last time he had some blood work done recently. Um, his physician said, I don't know what you're doing, but your numbers are about 80% better than almost all of the 30 year olds that I see. So whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And I was super excited about that because, you know, I'm pretty much the one that's um, managing what we eat in our house. And I have been for many years. And so I know that the nutrition and having a heavy plant strong diet is absolutely been key to the numbers that showed up for him in his blood work. So it is very, very beneficial. Very, very. You know, my hubby turned to keto and mm-hmm. he I mean not only did he lose the weight and that's not basically what he was trying to do but it it had had it reversed so much yeah him as well but you can't stay on keto but still you know yeah it's it's a it's an interesting transition though um you know and, and it's good for everybody's got to find their own thing I just think that you know the it's Eating is not a one-size-fits-all program. There's some basic fundamentals that everybody, you know, needs. But then there's a lot of leeway. I mean, some people, car, you know, are, are more carb-tolerant and some people aren't. So some people, you know, um, don't have issues with uh, more meat in their diet. Some people don't handle it well. So I think that you really have to do yourself a favor, learn to listen to your body because your body will tell you it has its own language and it speaks very clearly if you pay attention to it. And you just have to experiment till you find that, you know, that dietary recipe that makes you feel like you're really thriving. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Okay, we're gonna work, or we're gonna hold a, a moment here. <laughs> no, we're good. When you were talking, I had to unmute and I tapped the kidney. I was good. Okay, good. Okay, you're good now. Okay, all right, cool, good to know. All right. So <laughs> anyway, so hopefully, hopefully, those are some good um, tips to help you get started, Lonnie. And um, 
I'm sure that if you try a few of them, you're going to find the the right formula for you. So good luck. Let us know, please, how you do. For sure. Um, thanks for chiming in on that, um, Deb. I think that those were oh, some no really worries, good tips. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so let's. Uh, I know because this is animals, like you said. Uh, one of the things you said earlier, which uh, which struck a chord with me, was that's your your pet and your animals are your your form of meditation. That's what kind of gets you into your Zen mode, and that's. Um, I think that's really interesting because everyone's got to, again, it's kind of like eating. You got to, you got to find the thing that works for you. There's a lot of different ways to kind of feel connected and in your, and in your happy place or to meditate, whatever you want to call it. And that's like, it, it is how it is for Eric, for my husband. He, he would get into that kind of mode that puts him in that state when he would ride his horse and for sure, even more with with our dog, that's, that's like his thing that puts him in that place. And I really think that if a person can find whatever it is for some people like you and for my husband, it really is their, their pet or their, you know, their cat, their dog, their horse, uh, whatever it is. And for some people it's do, you know, being out in nature, um, for some people it's just, you know, quiet music, reading, meditating, but I think, you know, just really getting connected with yourself and if you're someone that has that, you know, that, that higher power or that you like to connect with, it's really important that you find what that is for you. And I think it, it actually helps you when you're trying to make, um, determine what your next move is going to be in your life. If you are feeling like you need to make a change and maybe you have a, you know, a rogue moment coming up. And being able to connect in whatever way that shows up for you is, I think, an important part of that process of being able to know what your next move is going to be and feel really and feel pretty good about it. Yeah, that's a good that's a good question point. Um, um, I kind of use pets as, as my all around life's affirmation. They are they are my lifeline, and I. Not that I use them, um, I, I need them. And I really like the fact that, um, I don't know if it has to do with me, my business or whatever, or if we've always been out there entertaining 80,000 people every weekend, week and traveling. And it's almost like going to war, you know, and you get this PTSD thing. And I, I don't know what it is, but I knew um, as a child, it came from this detachment feeling that I had. And even though that, you know, we have family or we have kids or we have a pet gives you this unconditional love no matter what. Even if we fight yeah. with our, our, our spouse or if we fight with our kids or if our whatever and, and we can't do business or business ain't going well, there's yeah. that one thing that will just be there for me. And I don't, when I say be there for me, I don't mean just physically. It's like... I mean, I can accidentally trip over Daisy and she'll come back and kiss my face. I mean, it's like, <laughs> oh, my God, I, I did that to a human and I would get a backlash, you know, like. Right. I, it's, it's, animals have been therapy. And when I had the wolves lore, when I first had to get acclimated to the whole situation, 
I I literally went out there and I I built this. It's I'm I'll take a picture and I'll send it to you. Uh, three and a half acres of this back lot that I had fenced off with nine gauge fencing with a 45 degree inlay and four feet or six foot of fencing on the bottom so they couldn't dig out. And after I figured that out, after they kept you know escaping out. Um, and hundreds and thousands of dollars of pickets because these wolves were running around. Um, <laughs> when I first got them, I I had to go out there. I camped out there. I sat out there. I let them come up to me. I sat. I, I laid out there in my tent and left the door open. Um, it was freaking amazing, and I just became one. And it's just with with animals, and I just have this. I'm like this animal whisper i had you know from i've had mm-hmm. these huge you know uh parrots um green winged parrots and stuff well i used to travel and i had my wolves i had my two wolves in the car my two cats my green winged parrot and i was driving to wherever i was going well i'd always stop at this one hotel and i'd put the cats in the bathroom shut the door let them run around the dogs would have the hotel the bird would be up in the closet hanging and <laughs> flipping around on the on the clothes rack thing and well the bird got out of the damn closet the wolf exasperated the 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 parrot oh. and killed the parrot not shoot him oh. or anything and i was like oh my god oh, no. i fell apart so every <gasps> single one of those animals had been you know a part of my life and I've just been uh, just Aww. attached. They're attached. So it's like, I am so grateful with today that we have made it not just a service animal, but I think the animals are very important to people that do need them. And because they are soothing, they are my, um, I, the, mm-hmm. They're my yeah. emotional security. And I know that sounds weird maybe to a lot of people, but I don't know how else to to really yeah, explain I, it. I mean, I go wherever I go, Daisy goes. And I I have paper certificates from my veterinarian, from my doctor, from and and if I can bring her, I'm 99% of the time I'm bringing her. If right. if someone's flying me to a hotel, it better be pet friendly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, now, and yeah. I don't think that sounds weird. I don't think it's hard to explain to anybody that has a beloved pet. You know, people get yeah. it. Some things you just can't really put into words, but you understand. You know exactly what you're talking about. It's a, it's an energetic thing, and it's hard to put it into words. Um, but I, I agree. Uh, it's so... Um, there, there's such a big place and there's so much meaning in those relationships. And, you know, it's one of the reasons that Candace and I started this give a buck movement, which, um, which is all about, which is all about supporting, you know, organizations that are rescuing these pets, mainly dogs, but you know, others as well, because there are a lot of these service dogs and, and dogs that are going, that are become, you know, such a valuable member of people's families are, are pets coming from places that have rescued them from, you know, let's just say circumstances that were not cool, not cool. We won't go into that because we know that there's a lot of circumstances that are pretty horrific. So the, the thing is though, you know, we just, 
it's so important to so many people and there's such a need. Um, I think there's a lot of people that aren't getting that kind of connection and love from another being when it comes to the people in their lives, but boy, they can sure get it from the right pet. And man, right. It it can really make a difference in your life. So it's, um, so, you know, we're like, why, why can't we start, something where if you want to, if you want to be able to be part of helping that whole initiative of rescuing and making sure that these dogs and and animals get connected with just the right owner who really needs that animal in their life. And that animal really, really could use uh, some love and, and care. Let's, let's support that. Cause that's something that, you know, is meaningful. And for a mere buck, a dollar a month, you know, you can be part of that process. And then, 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 you know, the, uh, those proceeds will go towards supporting an organization that does that. So I just think it's important to mention that. And I think a lot of people are all about it. Um, and it's hard sometimes to feel like you can make a meaningful difference when it's just you, um, you know, giving a little bit here and there. But if you are, combining that with a whole group, then you can, you know, as a, as a whole movement, you can really make a difference for an organization. So that's what that's all about. Um, that's why I wanted to also just kind of, I know that it's important to you. So I just wanted to to, uh, talk about that for a minute. Absolutely. Uh, But anyway, so I know we've been, we've kept you on for a long time. I'm going to ask you, uh, just another question and then we're going to let you uh, tell people where they can find all your good stuff. So what we like to give a little shift gift takeaway to everybody. So based on your own experiences, Deb, what would you feel is like one or two key takeaways to just share with our listeners about the value of having the courage to go rogue? Well, Without getting wordy, the challenge or the best thing you can do by going rogue is what do you got to lose? Mm. I mean, I love that. You're going rogue. Yeah. I mean, what do you got to lose? I mean, apparently. You're thinking about transition or change or going rogue for a reason because the past hasn't worked. So just fucking do it. Excuse me. I'm <laughs> just, just do it. Sorry. I that love it. Came out. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I love okay. it. Beep, I love bleep, it. Beep, beep. <laughs> no, no, no. This is, this is a non-edited show. It's all good. Oh, okay. So. Okay, we good. we don't need to worry about that at all. Uh, and sometimes I think it's it's good to really drive a point home. So it's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. I think that's awesome. I I I like that too. It's um sometimes it's just about weighing the 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 risk. Uh, is it worth the reward? You know, and well, usually again, it is. Again, again, people say, you know, keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye on the prize. Okay, I know what my goal is, but what about the freaking journey? It's that yeah. shit that's what's going to make it happen. You know, that prize yes. looks shiny over there. Looks good. There's that million dollars. Okay, yeah, but you know what? I may my I may make six million getting to that million. 
fuck you. You know, come on. I'm just so sick of that. I'm sick of that shiny object thing all the time. I just, yeah. yeah. I, I don't yep. know. I don't know about you, but my journeys have been freaking amazing. <laughs> yes. It's true. It's true. And once you get to that prize, whatever it is, then it's done and you're off on to the next journey. It's all about. There you go. You're going rogue again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I love it. That's perfect. Thank you. Thank So, so Deb, um, where can our listeners find you and, you know, all of the good stuff that you are putting out into the world? What would you like to share with everybody? Where do we, where do we get to you? Okay, right now I'm sending out some awesome, positive, motivating vibes to everybody just because. And secondly, I'm going to be ending up at your house to try that freaking carrot cake. And thirdly, <laughs> y'all can hit me on my y'all can hit me on my social media, which is Madusa M A D U S A underscore rocks on IG and Twitter, and then just on Facebook is Medusa M A D U S A. And uh, nice, nice. And, and on so, the website, be able to, website as well, Medusa. Mm-hmm. Is it Medusa.com? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's where we're going to be able to find out when your book launches, right? Yes, the book's launching, absolutely. Um, podcast, uh, you're, you'll be hearing something shortly. Um, Good. The new, podcast, the new podcast is titled Paving the way paving the way yes Mm -hmm. okay i love it and yeah paving the way is is about every person and their journeys and their transitional moments so i was really excited when you asked me to do your podcast because it's everything about that and about trans it's in transitions in life and um and you know other hot topics but it's basically a very um, fun, spiritual, motivational type of podcast. Everything that I've been practicing in my life came to Perfect. a head, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I love it. I will be listening. That's awesome. Mm. You're going to be a guest. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm looking forward yeah, to I, it. Thank you yes, very ma'am. much. Oh, the invitation thank you, honey. Is thank sent. you so much. You are so welcome. So we'll be in touch. Um, this I think is a great way to kick off the new year. So happy new year to you and everyone. And, uh, and you go and have an awesome day, Deb, and we will be in touch. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day. Be careful and tell Eric not to drink and ride the horse. Okay, I'll pass. <laughs> I will pass that on. Then uh, his, the, the personal I've seen shift him drink gift. And ride the horse before. <laughs> I, I will. I will pass on that shift gift from you to him. Thank shift you. Gift. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thank you all for listening. If you love what you heard, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe to We're Talking Shift podcast, give us a rating and leave us some comments. You can also listen by heading on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash talking shift. And that is where you're also going to want to check out our give a buck movement. Of course, we're all over social media. We're Talking Shift podcast is on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and our website is we're talking shift.com. So thank you again for listening. We love you. Go out and make some shift happen. You too, Mr. Gary V. 
The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to desantisprod at gmail.com.